Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Joined now by Parth Padia. He covers the Memphis Tiger basketball team for the Daily Memphian. He was there in Atlanta. What did you think of the arena, first of all, Parth? Yeah, I mean, I knew it'd be... Obviously, a largely Auburn crowd, but that was a that was Auburn Tigers home game. Right. You know, I, I took a picture and, and posted it on Twitter before the game. It was at least seventy five percent, you know, orange. Did you, by the way, like the arena itself? Like, what did you think of the facility itself? I thought it was nice. I didn't really spend too much time noticing exploring it. the yeah noticing it. Or I think there's a barber shop in there, which is just crazy, right? Like, so what arena has a barber? Was it actually loud? Was it really like? Because I mean, Kendrick talked about. You heard it, man. That was loud. Damn, that was loud. Was it? It did strike you as a it was loud. hostile. Absolutely. It was loud. Like when, um, you know, the starting lineups were being announced, uh, especially when Memphis was being announced. Like, you know, you heard like War Eagle chants. And um, when Auburn got it going in that first half, uh, it was after, I think, it was after DeAndre Williams and, and Malcolm Dandry got into foul trouble. Auburn had cut it to one, and that place was raucous. And that's not an understatement. Big picture. What'd you think? I was impressed. I was impressed. You know, Memphis, obviously, they, they pride themselves or it prides itself on, uh, you know, uh, rebounding and doing kind of the gritty things, but they hadn't been dominant on the glass. I think they had like a plus two margin, rebounding margin. Mm-hmm. And you're going against a, a Auburn team that kind of One of the best rebounding teams right, in the country. Right, one yeah. of the best offensive rebounding teams rebounding and offensive country. rebounding teams in the country. And they out-muscled Auburn. They out-Auburned Auburn. And I was uh, I was definitely impressed. And they out Auburn Auburn with Malco fouling out and right. having in foul trouble right. and DeAndre like they're two who you know they're two of their best bigs were limited in in how long they could play and honestly the way they could play when they played. Yeah, and you asked me like you know what I kind of took away and I think that's the thing that I was we'll get impressed to Kendrick about. in a minute. We'll get to Kendrick in a minute, but yes, the, well, yeah, the, that, yes, that's the, the A one story yes, right, right out of that yeah. game. He's always the A one story, Kendrick yes. Davis, but. I think I was, you know, the grittiness for one and just the production they got from players that we hadn't really seen produce like that, right? Like Elijah McCann had six rebounds. That was huge. KO, you know, the stat sheet doesn't show it, but he was he, he played a good chunk of time when Malcolm and uh, DeAndre were out. Uh, well, one of the things that Penny talked about, a key moment was end of the first half, second half of the first half, where you got, you, you got guys out in foul trouble and you had... Keonta Kennedy and Elijah McCadden in there, and then you had KO in there, and that they were able to, at a time when they're throwing the ball over the barn, they get 19, end up with 19 turnovers, I think 11 in the first half, um, that they were able to hang in with that group, I thought he, he pointed to as a key moment. Do you, do you agree that was a key moment? 
Absolutely. I think when, when DeAndre was taken out with, I think it was like nine minutes and some change to go, I'm, I'm looking around on press row and I'm like, yeah, this thing is. Could not, unravel. You got it, the it crowd. Like you how got, many yes. times have we seen that? You know, right. people always told me like, you know, oh, Memphis basketball are doing it again. But I didn't really understand until I started covering this team that, you know, that is a thing that, that happens, right? Like we've seen it time and time again. So I thought, oh, you know, here it comes, you know, the, the, the letdown, I guess, so to, right. so to speak. But it didn't. You know, those guys that you just named, they went on a 9-2 to run um, in a three-minute stretch, I believe, to close the half where, where four different players scored, right? So it wasn't like Kendrick Davis, you know, ISO every time, you right. know, got you those nine. No, he was um, distributing, and to the credit of the other guys around him, they were making shots. I, I There were a couple of interesting things that Penny said after the game. I guess we'll get to the headliner in a minute, but um, one thing he said when it comes to the rebounding, he said they came back after in the last week or so and they realized they, they had to be a better defensive rebounding team. So they came back and they focused on blocking out. They, they, we're going to have practices, we're going to have drills devoted to blocking out, blocking out. And what they realized was they were actually pretty damn good offensive rebounding team because they were having a hard time blocking their own dudes out. And so Penny said, you know what? We're pretty good at offensive rebounding. We're going to have people crash the glass. That's sort of interesting to me that it came out of trying to fix their defensive rebounding. They realized that if they emphasized offensive rebounding, they could be good at it. Absolutely. I thought that was interesting, too. I heard him say it on the radio, obviously, afterward. Right. And, I, and I believe he said something along the lines of, like, the offensive rebounding issue was just effort, right? Like, he said defensive was, was technique and boxing out and timing and and everything else, but the offensive part of it was just, um, you know, out-muscling, out-hustling opponents, and that's what they did, you know, against Auburn. Right. The um, And then the other interesting thing he said, again, this is apropos of what you just talked about, the sort of unsung heroes, that because they don't have everybody, and this is a little bit like the Grizzlies in this way, because they don't have everybody healthy in practice, they have to rely on KO and Elijah McCadden and players who then – when they are thrown into the fire, it's not some big emergency. I, I thought that was interesting, too, that there's a, there is a silver lining to the injury woes that they have suffered all along. McKen's an interesting one because he's been disappointing to me. Like, I had no idea difference. He has. I had no, he has. I had no idea. I, Keontae Kennedy and Elijah McKen were both just names to me before they, you know. Before they were they, the same, right? And they like, were really <laughs> the same. Exactly. They're wings. They're kind of athletic mm-hmm. wings. And then they get here, and Keontae Kennedy has been impressive and Elijah McCadden has not. Um, well, Keontae's been inefficient. He's find, finding his stride right, now. Yes. He went four but for you can four. See, that was very impressive. You can see things in Keontae Kennedy exactly. that make – he has said moments. Exactly. And all you remember of Elijah McCadden is missing free throws against Seton Hall, right? Was it against – yeah, against, against Seton, Seton Hall, Hall. Turning the ball over. Turning the ball over. And untimely like, spots and – yeah. Um, so, But he played well. You know, he had four points, two of three from the floor, and, and right. six re- – I thought the six rebounds were huge. Big. And, and Keontae was efficient. Four for four, nine yeah. points. Like, that's probably – that is his most efficient game. Not probably. Um, okay. Kendrick Davis. He was freaking awesome, wasn't he? That was sensational. Sensational. That's, that's his best game in a Tigers jersey. Um, probably one of the best games of his career. I think his career high might be like 34, 35, which is – What do you think talking to him? What impresses you? What, what, what strikes you when you talk to him? I guess everybody says this, right? But when he says that you believe it, and he was saying that during that four-game stretch, which he said he was said not it a four-game yeah, stretch. Yeah, you, you asked him. You've had, you, you, your question was something, <laughs> well, you've, had, you've been had a little bit of a slump for four games, and he said, I don't think it was four games. I think it was two games. And then he said, 
I actually think it was just one game. Right. I was like, all right, fine, two. And then he's like, no, 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 it was one. <laughs> right. I mean, we went kind of back and forth there. But no, the fact that, like, he said he never he never stopped being aggressive, right? He never stopped being that killer was the word he used. Like, right. he still kept taking the shots he'd normally take, even though they weren't going in. And that's something that I think he credited Penny and Frank Haith, right? Like, right. For the night before, saying, you're the best point guard we've ever had, go be that. Yeah, he said, and we're, we're going to live and die with you. We, that's yeah. what they said. You know, to and, then, and then Dez and... And Ja, and, and, and that, I mean, that's, that's pretty yeah, that's awesome. A, that's a good recruiting tool, right? Like, when you got the Grizzlies guys. You actually guys, think that would be a good recruiting tool. Yes, I think 100%. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I guess it's one, the most important thing is to have a basketball player who's an awesome basketball player. But it is fun, particularly as someone who covers the team, to also have someone who's a great quote. And, and, <laughs> and that's what I'm like, Kendrick is a great quote, and he's a great quote because it's, totally genuine and a hundred percent grounded in this self-belief. He says, I'm the best player. I'm the best point guard in the country. So casually, like he's not like, he doesn't even think he's saying anything audacious. He's like, of course, I'm the best. Well, I'm the best point guard in the country. And like, like so matter of fact, so, so naturally, matter of fact, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, you got me. And then he'll go to bat for Deandre being the best four in the country. Right. He'll call him the best four right. in the country. What he said was, if you got the best, uh, point guard in the country and the best four in the country, like there's no limit to what you can do. He also had a is is very insightful because he went. Uh, he was talking about this team and how this team and you wrote about this in a piece that you have up at the Daily Memphian. I've tweeted it out that it may not have the flash of other teams in terms of lottery picks, but it may be the best team. And then he he. Didn't he, like, rattled off all the players who'd played here before? Yeah, that was impressive, too. Like, in a, in a matter of, like, 20 seconds, he was like, you know, Jalen Duran, James Wiseman, Precious Ashuba. He kind of went on and on and right. on. Right, about they had all these guys. Right. Right. And it's also realizing, like, that is partly why they're not getting as much pop, right? Don't you think that's true? Yeah, I mean, for a large part of the preseason, yeah, that's true. But now they've got to go prove it. You know, they had that Seton Hall loss, whether it be, you know, a strange right. buzzer beater that's probably right. not going to go in. 90 out of 100 times or whatever, like, they still lost that game. You know, you right. still lost to St. Counts Lewis. as an L. Yeah. Yeah, those are two L's, and I think that slows you down. So they've got to go prove it. I think, you know, I don't get a vote in the AP poll, but if I had one, I'd vote, you know, they should be in the top 25, I believe, 25, 24. Do I think they'll be? Probably not, you know, based off the things we've seen from national pundits and where kind of the college basketball national media views them at large. Probably not. Right. I- I'm going to ask you about that in just a minute. Do sure. you... um? Do you, by the way, having seen this team, the way that it plays, its identity, all of that, have you, do you now believe that Penny is doing the right thing by starting KD and Alo? Absolutely. And I think I, I forgot when I wrote about it, but I have written about this. You know, once Alo turned that corner, I think it was two games in after the Nebraska game, I believe it was, or after Stanford, one of those games, um, you can see those guys have kind of found a way, right, to make those puzzle pieces fit. And they've talked about it all summer. You know, they've told us about it um, early in the season. They, they spoke about it. We just didn't see it, right? And now you can see kind of with Alo coming into his own, with him being more confident, with him. Um, but what's interesting is it's also Alo, a critical piece of this. I do believe it, by the mm-hmm. way. I believe Alo should be starting on this team. A critical piece of it is – like, you're not going to get first half against Ole Miss Alo. That is not – it's not like Alo coming come in his own. That, that was, was Alo special. in a moment. That was special. But he he didn't take a three-pointer against Auburn. 
No. That's what you need. Like, he's only doing the things that he can do. Part of this is there is some humility to this as well. I think he took one, or not, maybe none the previous game. Look at, his, look at his game-by-game stats. The last four games, how many three-pointers? He's, he's not taking three-pointers. And that, well, honestly, the team isn't really either, which is sort of interesting. Like, they're not jacking up 24 like no, Auburn did. They're not. Um, but Alo, he's doing the things he can do. Still some crazy passes occasionally. And then, and he's locked, he's playing great defense. I think Kendrick draws strength from having him out there. Honestly, against a team like Auburn, it was helpful to have two ball handlers on the court. And, and do you have this? Uh, yeah, I, I do have it. How many three pointers have you taken in the last three or four games? He's taken a total of three three pointers the last four games, and the three came all in one game in Ole Miss. Again, so there's the Ole Miss game. And then 0-0 and zero, then, zero against Little Rock and Auburn and 0 against North Alabama. And that's a recognition of what he's not good at. I think so, but also, you know, you look at Stanford and Nebraska, he took a total of three three-pointers, made all three. Obviously, you're not going to get that version of Alo shooting-wise every game, but I think it's like, you know, if you're open, yeah, but right? If you're wide, if you're wide open, he open, might take him. The there's, a, there's a reason he's wide open, whatever. Right. But whatever. Right. He's, right. But my point is, is that, and he's actually been pretty efficient shooting inside the arc, hasn't he? He has. He has. He, uh, he's not taking bad shots. No, four for eight last game against Auburn, four for five. I mean, it's Little Rock, so, you know, take that for what you will. Um, six for nine against Ole Miss was very, very impressive. Yeah, he's been, he's been taking the shots and, uh, that he's given. Were you surprised, uh, back to the top 25 stuff, were you surprised that I think a lot of Memphis fans thought, okay, this is great, it's a big win, this is going to get him into the top 25. And you look at uh, Gary's top 25 and one comes out, they're not in there. Jeff Goodman's not in there either. Jeff Goodman doesn't have him in there either. AP comes out at noon. At noon. Noon Central, yep. Uh, Clayton Collier votes, I think, in the AP poll. He, he had him in his. Yeah, he posted his on Twitter like uh, late last night. I think he had Memphis at 25, Auburn at – or other way around. Auburn at 25, Memphis at 24. Um, but it doesn't feel like Memphis can be in the top 25. No, Does it feel it like doesn't. that Memphis isn't getting as much credit for this as they should? You know, I think so a little bit. I think so. I think when, when people said that, right, all season, I'm like, yeah, y'all are homers, you know, whatever. Right. But now, like, you know, that what people did is they What they've done is they've said, they looked at that, what happened Saturday. Right. And the takeaway wasn't, hey, Memphis is really good. Although you saw some of that on Twitter. Seth Davis tweeted about them. And no, you know what else. it was? It was Auburn is overrated. That's it was all Auburn you is overrated. On the it was like line, all right? you like, heard Auburn's was Auburn sucks. Not that good. And Auburn sure sucks. enough, you wake up and Auburn goes from number 11, uh, whatever, and some people, it's out, you know? Right. They, right. The takeaway was Auburn isn't very good. It's not that Memphis has made them, it's is not that Auburn is good and Memphis made them look bad. And, and to be fair, Auburn, up till the Memphis game, hadn't played anybody. They like, you look at their anybody. schedule, they played, I think St. Louis was their toughest game. Obviously, Memphis also played St. Louis and lost, but if St. Louis at Ken Palm whatever, 53, whatever they're at right it's now, your best game. is your best game, then you haven't played nobody, man. Right. Well, and that's what happens. And so then they look at Auburn, they say, okay, you finally played somebody and you lose convincingly, honestly. Exactly. I think we, we think you're not very good. Right. Uh, but I think everybody thinks Alabama's good. Ooh, Alabama is scary good, right? Right. They've got an array of guys. They've got um, shooters all around. They they play the same brand of basketball I think as, as Auburn in terms of rebounding and, and stout defense. But now oh you no, guys, if you if you if you try to guard them like you guarded Auburn, you're dead. Well, that's what I meant. I mean, they're the not defense. going to. Yes. Right. Right. Exactly. They'd absolutely be. They'd be dead. Um, so, I guess you look at it as an opportunity. One has. They just have to look at it as an opportunity. Oh, if they. I mean, it's a season defining 
opportunity, right? Like if they win that game, these are the types of games that set the foundation for an entire season. Yes. And if you and it's almost a free shot. It is. Nothing to lose. You're going to touch There's to lose nothing today. to lose. Nobody expects you to win outside of people. The only thing there is to lose right? is like, you only have three quad one opportunities left. And I think that's the that's the and tough that's part. And that's the tough part. And and your quad one opportunity here is against the top five team. Who's beaten on, two number one who just teams. beat it, yeah, on the freaking road. That's and that's you. There are there are quad one opportunities and there are quad one opportunities. And if that's your quad one opportunity, it's not much of an opportunity. And then you got Houston, which a lot of people think, you know, obviously they lost to Alabama, but a lot, legit final legit, four contender. Yeah, yeah, legit final four contender. So those are your three quad one opportunities. Only one of them's at home, and and it gets against the. Really good Houston team. What not you want. ideal. Yeah, it's not ideal. Not ideal. And I think what hurts Memphis even more so, I think it's not being discussed as much, is like when this schedule was assembled, Memphis expected and we expected to see um, maybe some games that were going to be uh, of higher weight, right? Like A&M was supposed to be better. Florida State was not supposed to be atrocious. You know, they could have met Florida State right. in Orlando. These things just didn't happen, and some of these teams that they're – um, that they've played, whether it be an Ole Miss or A&M, they're going to play on the 17th, are just not – that good. Uh, before I let you go, the saga of Demario Franklin continues. Are we to the point now, or what? 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 Yeah, you know, uh, Penny was asked about this uh, on Thursday during the availability before um, the Atlanta trip, and he basically said, you know, you kind of reiterated the fact that hey, it's in the NCAA's hands now. Um, UIC has cooperated, and it's just kind of a waiting game, and they've been waiting for a while. And I think, you know, he he sounds like he's over it, right? Like not nothing against. Demarie Franklin or anything like that, but he's like you know, he's waited and waited and anticipated. And there's he's over so much because he's given do. up that he's or he's just control the things you can control, or he like thinks it's not going to happen. No, I don't think he's given up. Um, I don't believe he. I don't think he thinks it's not going to happen. I think there's still some amount of optimism right. there. I think it's just a matter of. Like, he also knows that he can win with the guys he has. So right. let's do that right. while we you know. There's no point sitting here worrying about whether I'm going to get him or not. There's nothing else I can do. Yeah, and you know, Demarie was a. Uh, was on the floor, obviously, in street clothes in, in Atlanta, and, and he basically um, basically said that, look, man, if it happens, it happens at this point. You know, um, he's, he's also tired of right. like, Being the waking questions, up. At, right. You know, there was that day it. where right. he woke right. up at 5.30 or 6 a.m. waiting for that call that just never came, and you know, that's got to weigh on a kid, right? When you're We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.